broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, Redemption Thursday edition. Appreciate you joining us. Hope you're well. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew here. Picks went up in the first hour. I'll recap them momentarily. Give you another glimpse, if you will. Florida State set to take on Pitt. Heavy favorites. It's kind of weird. I think we're all sitting around waiting for Florida State to play Miami and then Florida. That's kind of what we've circled at this point. Hopefully they aren't, but we're allowed to. Yeah, we're allowed to do that just fine. Everybody else? No. Uh, but I, I could see it. I could see where, you know, it. you can feel that almost this week because Florida State's been so good about taking care of business. And because they, they showed up last week with evil intentions and came out to dominate, you're kind of secure in your belief that they're mature enough to handle these kinds of games now in a way that they haven't always been or haven't proven to be. Once again, we've only been good again for – couple of years so you wait for these tests and these moments to reveal who they are and now that they've revealed like yeah no we can handle we can handle being successful we can handle prosperity we're we're, we're gonna be all right we're gonna be focused we're not gonna be distracted that kind of leads to an apathy not an apathy I mean I, I guess um you know I, I am still eager to watch the game I don't mean it that way but I don't feel any of that I guess those nervous pangs of like oh are we going to play focused and intense? I don't feel that way now. Well, I think it's twofold. Beyond that, it's Pitt quit last week, and their coach pissed them off even more. And what are they going to do? So that's a limiting factor where it's like, are you really going to break down the inner workings of Pitt Panthers football when they might have quit on the heels of giving up 50-some-odd points to Notre Dame the week before? It's just hard to break them down, honestly. It is. So you're feeling it from both sides. Now, Pitt could show up, and that defense is always physical. It always has been. That hasn't dropped off this year for Pitt. It's the offensive line that's terrible for the Panthers. It was the worst in college in Power 5 the first month of the season. Yeah, and quarterback play has been abysmal because of that, or along with that, however you want to phrase it. Uh, Yeah, it it has. It's been been interesting. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I think Narduzzi's a very good football coach who – when you watch the entirety of his statement, you kind of see where when he when he said that's not what I meant, and it was kind of somebody tweeted it and tweeted it a little bit out of context. He's not completely wrong about that, but he did feel bad, and you know he talked to his team and he apologized. And the reason that's a story is because Narduzzi's a good coach who's done great things with that program. Prior to Florida State get bouncing back, Pitt had become the second best team in the league. They won the damn ACC championship a couple years ago with Pickett. So they, they've been good, and they are always prepared, and they are always physical. And so you kind of circled this game before the season, and now they're in disarray. You had this controversy. They gave up 58 points to Notre Dame, who's 
Not great. Now, not all those points were not on offense. Yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. still, you still gave up. You still played in a game in which you lost 58-7. Boy, between USC and Pitt, a lot of points just handed over to Notre Dame. But they took advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, you're going to say thanks. Um, but they – so to them, you know, so for us, looking at this Pitt team, you're like, are they broken beyond repair? Will they show up? Well, my guess is they will, but you would have said that last week against Notre Dame because – Bad teams, average teams, get fired up nonetheless to face name teams. Partly because they know they can get humiliated if they don't. That the other roster is the kind of roster that can really do bad things to you if you're not at your best. And so guys get focused because they see the film. Well, they had to have seen the Notre Dame team and say what you will about Notre Dame. They're a good team. They're not a great team. They're just a good team. And that and they're a name team for sure. And so you would have thought, okay, well, they'll show up and play a good game. No, they played their worst game. So maybe they are broken beyond repair. Maybe they don't have uh, the ability to bounce back. But if they're going to, I mean, anytime any of these kids see the spear and Florida State takes the field, it's a big game. Because as we all know, Florida State is one of the biggest brands in all of college football. Iconic, some might say. Some might say that, Tom. So as an iconic brand rolling into your stadium, you're going to want to get up for that game and Put your best foot forward, and the fans will be excited to see said iconic brand. It'll be a sold-out game. Those fans will be pumped. So you got to show up and give them a reason to remember they suck, and you got to do it early. You don't let people hang around who really are operating on a bit of a false bravado sort of backdrop, right? That's this, we're fired up because you're you. Not because we think we can win, but we're going to convince ourselves it's because we think we can win until you prove to us again and remind us, overwhelmingly so, now that we're down 17 to nothing with three minutes to play in the first quarter. Oh, no, we do suck, and you are good. Okay. From the second half of the Duke game through the end of last week, and I get that there was a lull in the scoreboard lighting up against Wake after you get to 34-7 to at the break. The way this offense is going, I can't wait to watch it. I'm not going to tire of it. I want to see it continue to evolve and get better and better every week. That's what I'm excited for. So I'm locked in. I'm ready to go. But it, it's true that the energy around the game, it feels like a nooner that just happens to kick off at 3.30, doesn't it? It feels like a sleepy nooner. Mm. It just starts a little bit later in the day. Yeah, and you and I will be on the air at 2.30, I guess it is? 2.30. 2.30. Bob Knight died. He's 83, was 83. Was and, um, you know, I don't have many great things to say about Bob Knight, except that uh, you mentioned iconic, right? And we talk about people of a certain era. And this is where our age difference comes into play. I remember Bob Knight winning the national championship. I remember Keith Smart. I remember these games. I remember these moments. I don't remember the undefeated team. But I do remember, and certainly we all remember Isaiah Thomas was on that team, but we, we, we remember the, the, the figure that Bob Knight was in the game of basketball. When I was growing up, Bob Knight was a superstar in the game of basketball. And now, and this is the only thing I think about this, because it was revealed later on that Bob Knight was not much more than a bully, uh, a despicable human being who did a lot of things, and I'm not talking about tough coaching. I can handle tough coaching. I like tough coaches. I'm all right with yelling and screaming and cursing. Doesn't bother me at all because I'm a grown-up. I can handle dirty words. Doesn't bother me. Who cares? 
and I can handle the intensity of a coach who wants to win because I desperately want to win too. That's why you're out there. And if people are screwing up and they get screamed at, that's the way the game works. It's a volatile situation. But there are lines you can't cross. And choking the bejesus out of a kid who makes a mistake in practice is one of those lines. Can't do it. Can't do it. And once you do do it, you're something different altogether. Well, you're A, a guilty of assault, but that's also more revealing as, as to who you are. And so that's what Bob Knight became, but he was not that for the bulk of my youth. He was a superstar in the game, and no doubt, and every coach would tell you this, and I would say this even though I have an opinion of him as a loathsome human being. There might not have been, for the better part of 30 years, a better X's and O's coach. This was a genius on the chalkboard. This was a guy who universally hailed as a brilliant, brilliant basketball mind. If you think about the national championships and and some of the great seasons that Bob Knight had at Indiana, he only ever had one NBA All-Star on any of those teams. That was Isaiah Thomas. Now, again, in those days, teams stayed together and you could build them up for three and four years at a time. That also made basketball more interesting at that time because teams had distinct personalities. So it is, he's gone, but uh, it reminds me, and, and I was speaking of our age difference, you know, I'm 52, so these guys that were the, the, my dad's age and such, or slightly older than my dad, these guys are dying off. You know, I mean, we've seen a lot of them go the way of the dodo. We've watched uh, Joe B. Hall, Pete Carroll, uh, Jerry Tarkanian, Dean Smith. I mean, they're all dying, and I remember all of them be the equivalent for me when the time comes that Mike Norvell passes away. And just a little bit older than me, but squarely well, in my minute, generation. Well, not the equivalent. No, what I'm saying is, in terms of age difference, you're talking about your father to Bob Knight, not you to Bob Knight. No, I'm saying, but my father's in his 70s. Bob Knight's 83, so there's only a 10-year difference. So you're... That's less. He's, uh, well, he's 75, so eight years. Eight years Mike's difference. five or six, right? He's 42 or 43. Yeah, so five or six years. Yeah, five or six years. Yeah, it's, it's about the it's equivalent. Close. It's, it's pretty close. I think, well, the, the point is, it just reminds you of a... You won't be there to see it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I better not be. If you are, then we had some breakthroughs as a society well, in terms of science. I could make it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tough guy. My family lives forever. Uh, you do have native blood in you. It's yet. all in there, buddy. Yeah, man. I mean, my Aunt Cretia lived to be 106. That's my, true. My Aunt Virginia lived to be 102. Son my grandmother's 97 and still driving. Son you're gonna outlive I'll me. I'll be here, buddy. You're gonna outlive me. I'll be me. there saying nice words about you at your funeral. Damn it! When we first brought Tom on, he was a young lad. <laughs> I sit here today of and tell 23. you about the man that he became. He was a young lad of 23. Yes, that was 65 years ago. And then when I speak at Matthew's funeral, I'll be like, "Golly, <laughs> guys, Matthew was even younger, and here I stand." <laughs> you know, today's not so much as a celebration of life for uh, Matthew. It's a celebration of my life. That I'm still here. That I'm still here. And that you all benefit greatly by my presence as I will wax poetically about what a great man Matthew was. Now, it is still an open <laughs> bar, so let's go. Let's get to. They would have wanted it that way. Salute to you, Tommy. Sleep well down there, buddy. And then we'll all have a good time. <laughs> I am the champion. <laughs> At 102, I'm still here having a toast. Every one of my friends are dead. That's what I win. Loneliness. (laughs) Oh, man.
So, by the way, Bob Knight's, I wanted to look it up because the video made the rounds yesterday, and we did it on the interactive and had a good time with it. Uh, the Bob Knight challenge was the last notable thing that yeah. Bob Knight did, which caused me to throw a football as high as I could, and we timed it and filmed it, and you hear Alicia and you laughing in the background, which makes me laugh. And um, I wanted to see, like, when when did ESPN recognize – we talk a lot about personalities that cover the game. And when we notice the 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 cracks, when th- when guys are starting to, ooh, they're not following the bouncing ball. I think this guy's on the cusp of saying something either misogynistic or racist. I think we're gonna see something. They're from a bygone era. They've probably got some kept down opinions that nobody needs to hear. And uh, I was wondering when that 2015 they did not renew his contract. Well, towards the end there, the last. Three, four years? Remember, he had one person who could interview him that he liked. Remember who that was? No. Reese Davis. Oh, he did he love him. Loved so- yeah, he Davis. loved Reese Davis. Anybody else interviews Bob Knight and they say, thank you, coach, he'd stare evilly into the camera. Oh, yeah. Reese, all right, thank you, Bob. Reese, best to you and your family. Yeah, I, it was, that was weird. He loved Reese Davis. Well, old people have lots of likes that nobody can figure out. Where you're often just like, what is this? Why do you have an affinity for this? Oh, you're weird. You're old. You don't even know why you like it. So that's, you know, that's, <laughs> that was Bob Knight at the end. Bob Knight was bad to people who were really good to him. Yeah. Who defended him in the face of overwhelming evidence that you ought not. You know, I mean, look how difficult he made it for Coach K, who was a prodigy. Coach K played for him. He did. How and and then think about what an ass he was to that guy when Coach K was going to pass him for the all time record and Bob Knight was a a jerk. He's a scoundrel. <laughs> but he would still defend him. I'm saying Coach K would be like, "No, that's it's okay. Uh, he's dead now. I can speak honestly. Mm-hmm. He was a scoundrel, a great basketball mind, but a scoundrel." Bob Huggins. Life Spectator Notes is now the last living basketball curmudgeon. I don't know about that. There are a lot of them in the game, but I, Bob Huggins will be dead soon. I'll outlive Bob Huggins. Bob's got, Bob got pulled over and had 14 empties in the front seat. No. Yeah, pulled up. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, awesome in the sense that, like, if you're going to go out and lose your job and have that, I mean. Were there any chicken Philly wrappers from the Zaxby's? <laughs> Uh, That's a new way to tie it in. I was going to say, I'm not sure Zaxby's wants us to tie that in. <laughs> yeah, Jim Calhoun is pretty cranky. Make a lot more than that. <laughs> I so actually is, well, got- so is uh, his successor, the national champion, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Hurley. Yeah. What a doofus. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting figures in the I world. remember before they ascended to greatness, this is three, four seasons ago, maybe a little bit longer now, I'm dating myself, but Florida State played UConn. When we beat them? At UConn and we beat them. Yeah. And they had ISO cam on Hurley the entire the game. The whole time. Yeah. That was just very strange. It made no sense. It didn't make much sense, and that's a bit how I feel, although I'm grateful, about the fact that we have 56 Axbees in Tallahassee. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you see, you know, you see a Zaxby's and you think there's a Zaxby's. I should stop and get Zaxby's maybe later. And then you go about two miles and you go, there's another Zaxby's. I wonder if they loved Hardy Nickerson as much as I did for 56, (laughs) you know, to stop at 56. 56. 
Who's your favorite receiver in Tampa Bay history? Oh, man. Um, Is it probably Evans? It's Evans followed by Godwin followed by Keenan McCardle. It's it's all modern guys. No, Keenan, well, modern, 2002. I'm not talking about Keenan. I'm talking about the first two on your list are guys that are currently playing for the Bucs. They're the best that we've ever had. Yeah. So it wasn't Joey Galloway? No. You kind of liked him. I did. He was a red ass, and he scored a touchdown every week on Bef- a bomb. Before I had to see him on television every week, I really liked him a lot more. But, man, that was, that's more of a Gruden thing. <laughs> that dude's wide open. He's wide week. open every week. I know week. he's fast, but they know he's fast. And, and he's the whole wide world open. knows he's fast. Yeah. Um, that's Look, pretty I love funny. me some Keenan McCardell. Good player. Very tough. Yeah, if we're strictly talking about wide receivers, I I, I understand. I, I would have, and I mean, I'm tempted to say Jimmy Giles, but he was a tight end, and you don't remember him because he yeah. played a long, long time ago. He was selected. Alvin Harper? No. Sorry-ass Alvin Harper. He ended up losing a finger, didn't he? Carl the Truth Williams? No. No? No. No. Uh we didn't. There weren't a lot of guys that I loved back in the day for the wide receiver. It took a long time for us to hit home runs with receivers in, in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Antonio Brown. Not uh, Reed L. Anthony. No. No. Or Jaquez Green or anything. Hey, hey. <laughs> local friend of the program. He loves the Jeff Cameron show, and that's great. But uh, no, not Keyshawn. Keyshawn was tough. I'll give him that. But. And he played great for us that year. He did. Fifty-six Zaxby's. Stop by, partake, help a proud Golden Chief booster for over 18 years, continue to funnel money to Florida State. You know what I forgot about? The argument in the late 90s that Wayne Krebet's better than Keyshawn Johnson. <laughs> Get out of here. Send some racist white dude Dog in the heart of somewhere else here, pal. Take it on down the road. Wayne Krebet's better. Now, Wayne Krebet had more concussions. Wayne somewhere drooling on himself. It's Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. 
For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Michael Spurlock? Was it Spurlock? How about Joe Jerovicious? Jerovicious? <laughs> the, the long catch against Philly with those... Oh, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Scumbag fans who were talking about... Uh, his dead child, His yes. dead child. That was not good. Yeah. A low, low moment for Philadelphia. Michael Spurlock spelled his name backwards, too, with the E-A. It's reversed. That's right. It's E A L instead of A E A L. I was there when he returned the uh, kick for a touchdown. Yeah. I was in the building that yeah. day against San Francisco. You forgot about old Horace Copeland, now, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. What about me? What about Bird Emanuel? You remember Bird Emanuel? Bird Emanuel. Yes, I do. Well, that's the famed play that will live in infamy. The trap catch thing. Well, we would have won the Super Bowl that year with Sean King. Good Lord. Yeah, There's your argument for Tony Dungy. My defense was built so well, was so good. I could have won a Super Bowl with Sean King. I probably should have won a Super who Bowl was with awful. Sean King. And I would have beaten the greatest show on turf to do it. Mm. He basically did. They got, yeah. yeah. Ricky Prohl caught the touchdown. Yes, he did. Them. Ricky Prohl from Wake Forest. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. See, that's the age difference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 12, 13 watching the pro say, yeah, well, guess where he went before that? Yeah. Well, you could look at, uh, you know, Ike Hilliard was... Uh, was Ike Hilliard. Ike Hilliard Oh, was, my goodness. You, we already said Joe... Uh, Antonio Bryant for a spell? Antonio Bryant for a brief spell. He was good. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, I mean, there were a lot of different guys that have been... Uh, my, the old Michael Clayton. Yeah. Great movie. One... Good year receiving. <laughs> it yep. Fell off a cliff. Uh, Jimbo said that Kelvin was going to be better than Michael Clayton, and at the time, in that moment, it felt nuts. But, yeah, kind of right. Kind of right. Well, Clayton came out of LSU, and I remember thinking he's going to be awesome, and he was. He won Rookie of the Year, didn't he? He did. And then – He also made a catch with Fell his, off a cliff. I think his helmet fell off on the play, and he still made a catch. There was some it kind of wild be, play. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson? Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Malignant is his middle name. Uh, those games again were Boston College, by the way. I said I would post them again. Somebody's going to say, you have not. Liar. You have failed us. Can you please post them again so they can jot them down? Boston College, money line against Syracuse. Tom and I are both stunned that Syracuse is favored over Boston College, and that's why we're going to lose the bet. Yeah, well... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. If the number's three, why is the money line only plus 114? Just, I mean, that's strange. It's more like a pick em. It should be like 125. Yeah. Uh, Memphis minus 13.5 against USF. UTSA minus 7.5 against North Texas. <laughs> Penn State. Do what you're supposed to do there, Penn State. Maryland's coming off a loss to Northwestern. Get it together. Lay the nine. Louisville minus 9.5 against Tom's favorite Virginia Tech Hokie football team. Hokey, 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 high. And we've got ourselves some tall boys matched up there. Illinois money line against Minnesota at plus 110. Minnesota. Auburn minus 12 and a half against Vandy. Basketball. <laughs> 
Middle Tennessee plus three against New Mexico State. There it is. Uh, Iowa State minus two and a half against Kansas. Kentucky minus five and a half against Mississippi State. And Alabama minus three against LSU. And there it is. I see you in there, Brett, asking about or noting that Big Ten coaches are calling on the commissioner to take action against Michigan. Good luck, Big Ten coaches. it's, It's funny because... Look, they're gonna they're gonna operate under the banner of what's best for us financially, and Michigan's got a very real chance to beat Ohio State convincingly, I think, and then you know maybe win a national title. But there's more. There's growing evidence that uh, they were doing 120 in a 70. Oh yeah, and as that continues to come to the surface, um, if you end up with a ton of videos where we don't really have to like go interview people. I could just look at the video and we can verify those videos. In, the, in today's day and age with technology, you got to verify that's actually the person. That's scary to think where we're headed. I mean, that's like, you know, that, that anybody can post anything with and, and replicate you. And you're like, what? Nah, that's not me. I wasn't there. Yeah, you're right there. Look at you, R. Kelly. So then that, yeah, that's, that's where you're at. Minority but, Report is yeah. coming to life soon. So if if they're able to do that, that'll be that. I mean, you could the NCAA, which never acts fast ever, would be in a position to be like, well, we we can see the videos. well. It's it's the conference versus the NCAA. Like the conference might have latitude to move quicker. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the call was with was with the Big Ten itself. Now, could the Big Ten levy a punishment? They don't want to, but. I mean, when you have the black market saying this guy's nuts and he does a lot of illegal things, (laughs) that's the issue here. Oh, man. That's a toughie. Good job, Life Spectator. We're going back a ways. Those are my cousin's drugs was my favorite of all time. There was a stretch of time where players would get busted with illegal drugs on their person and they would claim that that wasn't their jacket or their sweater or their shirt or whatever. Those were my cousin's drugs was famously uttered by a player who got caught. And then also there was a stretch of time where people sought to get out of trouble by just before they were pulled over, but in plain view of the officer pulling them over, throw their shirts or their items, the illegal items, out the window. That, that was their big thing. And I remember... Going on the air with Millar, talking about how many times we would just see video evidence of dudes throwing cocaine out of, like, how do you think you're going to get away with this? He's right behind. I can see you. It's like, I'm in the room, guys. What are we doing here? But it was beautiful. And then all the way back, we had uh, people who would utter racist things and then say I was on the Atkins diet. I, I wasn't of my right mind. I was dieting. That was used I was on time. the Atkins diet. Yeah, there was this years ago somebody with the Dodgers uttered a, a racial slur against Asians and when he was confronted by it he said, um, well, I wasn't in my right mind. I I was on the Atkins diet. <laughs> Man, we should be so lucky to get that segment in real time. Oh my god. Yeah. It was I remember reading that being like, "Whoa, that's a new one." Yeah. Here we go. We're going to go with the kind of diet I was now, on. The JCSPR firm has trialed this, and it's not going to work, guys. No. I apologize. Uh, we're going to have to refer to the binder. Stick with the binder. Yeah, we're going to need you to stick with the binder. Guys, I've put in a lot of work for a reason. 
these are the can't miss answers here that are going to save you that you're looking for. Not that I'm on the Atkins diet, I ain't going to get it done. That's not going to work. Also, just telling somebody when you have drugs on your possession that those aren't your pants. <laughs> now, you will follow this playbook, and then we're going to circulate the photo of you being Santa at this year's team Christmas party, right, donating right. to the kids. Donating to the kids. And we're going to get that out there again, remind people, and then we're back on the right track. Which I might tell you is something that we're about to, to see again. He does it every year. Um, Andre, um, Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Mm-hmm. My favorite player for an enemy team of all time. He's my, like, if you say, oh, do you have a favorite Kane? It's him. It's not even close. Awesome. And every year with the uh, kids in the toy store, I was thinking about this this morning, and I was lamenting earlier this week when we had Halloween that my kids are of an age now where they don't, you know, Halloween doesn't fire them up like it did. And I don't get to live vicariously through the joy in their heart and as seen on their face when they put on whatever their cool costume is when they're six and we're getting ready to go outside and walk the neighborhood, right? That was awesome. But that's a snapshot in time that's now gone. And now, you know, that I got to live it. It was cool, but it's gone. It makes me sad a little bit. It's a little nostalgic. Hang in there. But then I was thinking, <laughs> I'm okay. But then I was thinking, man, I'm glad I grew up in the era where Toys R Us existed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and my kids got to grow up in an era where the Toys R Us has only most recently filed for bankruptcy and closed all their stores. But Toys R Us, that was heaven on earth. Yeah, I man. still loved I would walk in that place and be like, holy moly, I want everything in here. It's the greatest place that had two sliding glass doors to get into yeah. in your life. In your life. Publix is a close second. Yeah. But this one, it was perpendicular. Yeah. It know? was different looking. Yeah. You go in that first sliding glass, you're like, oh, oh buddy. one more. We're I would, here. I would go in when my kids were, you know what a sucker, you saw me do it. I went in there and bought oh. the Millennium Falcon for $300 and had every bells and whistles. Did I give that to you? Who did I give that to? You. I, uh, that's right, Matthew. Director st- off screen. Yeah. Do you still have it? Yeah. He sold it for $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember going in there and be like, yes, this is incredible. Look at this. And look at this, and that. I want this too. Mm-hmm. You want everything in there. You want the pieces of paper, because if you get something that has a piece of paper and a barcode, that is the good stuff. Man, that's in the back with the dude who's high as a kite. Who's like, what'd you buy? Just pressing buttons. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant Madden, not NCAA. Oh, right. There right. you go. Yep. Enjoy yep. NCAA. High as a kite is right. Here's your Bill Walsh college football. Hmm. So. On that note, when you talk about the, I mean, those stores are gone. That's it. Doesn't exist anymore. You you never get to walk back in and get that feeling of that again. Like that was, that was it. It'll happen. My my generation, if you're talking about focus groups and all that kind of stuff, they love nostalgia. Love it. That's why you see so many things from the yeah. early '90s right now yeah. on television. When it's time, somebody's gonna build a Toys R Us for people my age. That I don't know. Who knows what it has? It could be a bar. It could just be a theme. Well, like can a you Toys guys bring Us. back AJ's? <laughs> <laughs> can you please bring back AJ's? That's a great bar. It was a great bar. It was an awesome bar. I feel like we're talking about that more often of late, too. We're missing it more and more. It's been well, gone too long. It's that side of town. Yeah. You know? Well, that side of town, and actually this is applicable to the season Florida State is having right now. And again, I will always tell people this. I was so fortunate. You know, 
You have a stretch run in the 90s where Florida State is awesome, but so is Florida A&M, and the city's on fire all the time. There's a buzz. There are playoffs. There are postseason games looking forward to and championship runs and all of that. And if you were on Tennessee Street while AJ's was in existence and many other bars that are no longer here, you felt that. It was palpable as you walked around. It was amazing. Yeah, I still – and I'm seeing a lot more of it this year. The thing I love the most – is when you know how when you travel everything's moving at warp speed you get whiplash in a sense because you're on a plane and then you're in like a, a ride yeah. share yeah, you just go and go and go and they got to meet somebody you, you got to check your bags into the hotel like it's just this nonstop but when people come for example to the corner pocket on the Friday for the meet and greet and you see that for them okay now time stops oh yeah I've gone now through all I've of done the nonsense all the things. yeah you see the exhale and then they're like. I'm here, baby. Let's that, have a cold That room. look, yeah. that's my favorite to see in fans. We'll eyes. be doing it one week from tomorrow because Florida State takes oh, yeah. on Miami, and what a game that will be. And I don't like just kind of overlooking this pit game, but I kind of am overlooking this pit game just because of what they've shown and what we've also shown, which makes me proud of us, and let's just continue to piggyback off of that. But at the same time, the next big moment where you even feel a little bit threatened, partly because it's a rivalry game, but also they have good players along the defensive and offensive lines. And anytime you can win a line of scrimmage, you can win a game. So now we rightfully look ahead and say, okay, well, that that's one. And also that atmosphere in Doak when Miami comes here next weekend, oh, buddy. That's going to be intense. Let That'll be, be a great. night game. Let it be. Let a night it game. be a night game. Let it be as hostile as it can possibly be, and then have these guys worked into a frenzy. Now you hammered Miami forty-five to three in front of all nine of their fans last year. Now you get to maybe try to replicate something similar against in, in front of your fans with, you know, frothing at the mouth for that ass kicking to be delivered. To go ten and zero mm. if you take care of business oh, this weekend. Man. That's a fun way to go to break. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron, show rolling on, and listen up, everybody. We do this, uh, we've done this this week, and for good reason, and uh, given this awesome audience that uh, has been built up over many years now, it is always fun to watch you guys go to work and help causes and people and communities. The Giovanni Vitrano Foundation a nonprofit organization near and dear to us, is holding its 2023 Geo Cup this week here in Tallahassee. The event is a showcase of the elite soccer programs in the Tallahassee area. It also serves as the most important week of fundraising in honor of Giovanni Vitrano, who tragically died two years ago this month. Gio's father, our friend, Ron Vitrano, created this scholarship fund to be awarded annually to three high school student-athletes right here in our community these scholarships help honor Giovanni's spirit. This week through November the 4th, thanks to an anonymous donor, all donations to the GV scholarship will be doubled. Please consider the power of what you can do to help young student athletes in their college journey. If you wish to learn more and if you want to support the Giovanni Vetrano Foundation, all you got to do is visit gvscholarship.org today. That is gvscholarship.org 
today. Thank you guys in advance. All right, it is time to solve for the future. Let's uh, get set to queue it up. I think we have a question submitted that is something we want to look at for solving the future from our friends at ISF because it was better than what I had, Tom. It's much better than what I had. I know I had a couple ideas that would have worked, but this is better. I like this talking point more, so make sure we give the person credit. All right, so this goes to Mark T. in Panama City. Good shot, Mark T. And, uh, the, Been a minute. The question is, uh, Viva LeWine, I believe mm, he says. Yeah, yeah. Which Florida State player that is currently on the roster, this year's team, will have the longest NFL career? Which player on the roster is going to be playing on Sundays for the longest period of time? Keon Coleman. It's probably the favorite there. He's probably the favorite. I think he has to be, doesn't he? He's the most polished NFL-ready guy on the roster versus going to have a career in the NFL. Yep, Jaheim Bell's going to have a long career, Jaheim I think. Bell's going to have a career. By the way, I, if that ankle ever gets to be 100%, he's really going to continue to destroy mm-hmm. people. I think uh, running backs, unfortunately, even if Trey Benson was going to win the Heisman this year, you, they just, just you, couldn't, you couldn't do it. Yeah, Renardo, I think, is going to have a long career. He is where he's supposed to be at all times. He's a very good player. He's a very good player. Interior defensive lineman, it's tough to have a long career. Yeah, Farmer is going to play in the league. Yep. Fisk could be there a while, too. Yeah. Fisk is quick enough that he could line up on the outside. I I, I think my answer is right. It's Keon Coleman. It probably is. It pro- I mean, listen. He's going to go first among all of these players. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, he'll go ahead of verse, probably. I think so. I think so, too. He continues to do what he's doing? Yeah, he's yeah. really effing good. Yeah. That's how you solve for the future right there. You go bring in Keon Coleman. Master Mono. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, add him, to your, add him to your team. ISF helps state government solve the future through strategy, process, and technology. They believe the order of these three components is key. Your strategy sets the bar for long-term focus and priorities. Those priori- priorities determine the processes needed to accomplish each step along the way. They collaborate with you. They see your vision. They add to it their expertise. Everything becomes more efficient. And ISF has been doing this for decades across the country, working with state agencies just like yours, taking on projects and challenges across a ever-evolving landscape of technology and business processes. They've worked in 18 different states. These guys are the best at what they do. If you're in state government, you want help. If you want to be advised, worked with, collaborated with, protected, ISF. Com. You know who could have a uh, a pretty long career in the National Football League, I think, is Patrick Payton. I think Patrick Payton could have a long, productive career because he's done some things this year in terms of un- no- showing his understanding of what the def- offense are trying to do to him. He could break down a quarterback like uh, Daniels for LSU mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the open field. Uh, he pursues passes to the perimeter quite well. He's got a good motor to make tackles that are not in his area of the field, and he's got the quick twitch, which is the most important thing. That's the thing that'll get you separated and and put down the ladder. Patrick Payton has a chance. I'm not saying he's going to leave this year. I'm just saying he's got a real chance to have a long career. You know, the the safest way to do it is to take guys that don't take hits. And so if, by the way, um, you know, Fitzgerald keeps kicking well and makes it to the league, who knows? People are right to point out that Onions, my man, is still out there kicking, and so is Hopkins. 
Onions, I'm surprised he wasn't cut this week. That's yeah, the why two they misses lost. were, yeah, that's a toughie. But he's been so good. So He has been, yeah. And I mean, for a very long time. And I still have the Onions jersey at the house. And he still occasionally will talk about that. He's brought it up before. I mean, that, that guy, it's funny. He's held on to the uh, nickname over the years. Which running back that we have right now do you think will have the longest career in the NFL? It's tough to project. I get it. Is it Trey? Yeah, I think it's Trey. That's a weird combination of speed and size. It is. So there was an article put out today. Um, oh, man, the source eludes me, but it's it's a guy on Twitter who posts these videos with, you could see the analytics and the AI talk about top speeds every week. His name is Cameron something. Second right. time I've done this to him. Yeah, that's all right. But Trey has hit 22. You have it out for Cameron. I do. Yeah, it is. He has. It's the name. He's hit 22 miles an hour twice this season. Yeah, I had. I had. A, there was a lady online that ended up saying something about him hitting 23. I'm like, man. It was said on a broadcast that he did, which is just yeah, nuts. My man ain't hitting 23 miles. He could run hour. the hundred. That and is give ins- Usain Bolt a run for his. That moment. is insane. Yeah. But 22 miles an hour twice this season for Trey Benson at that size. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it, that's why if you're in the if you're in the secondary and you see that come around the corner, what? Marvin Harrison Jr. has hit 22 miles an hour twice this year, same amount of times. Yeah. Um. If he figures out, he's got to go to the right place. That's with all running backs. That's with all players. And if he figures out how to be more consistent. Um, he's a guy that has a huge game, disappears for three weeks. Has a huge game, and you're reminded of why you were in love with him to begin with, disappears for two weeks. Has a huge game. He's got to he's got to bring it day in and day out. And you can't – the consistency's got to be there. So, we'll see. How many rushing yards do you think he has right now? Oh... Last year, he had 980. Yeah, how many rushing yards does he have right now? We're 8-0. He hasn't missed a game. I would say 600? 544. Yeah, pretty close. Been kind of slow. Oh, yeah. No, no, dude. It's an average of 6.4 a clip. Oh, also, and when you look at the advanced stats, he he still breaks more tackles than any other player in yeah. college football. But, I mean, listen, he has games where he rushes for 22 yards. Yeah, he's only, uh, or sorry, he's already, I should say, eclipsed last year's receiving total. Last year he had 144 yards, this year 197. Best thing he did to aid his uh, chances of getting selected a little higher uh, than he would have already been selected after last season. He had to prove he could do that, and he has. He's been very good catching the ball. He's actually made some tough catches. Also, if he's down the depth chart at the next level early on in his career, he's proven he can return kicks. So there's there's a lot of value to what Trey brings to the table. Oh, when he goes to the combine and they see that size and that speed, and then the, to look at him, to stand across from him, and you see the way he's put together, yeah, he's going to wow. He's going to wow people. I mean, he, he's a wrecking machine. In the If you get him out in space, you got, you got problems. I mean, nobody wants to hit that. That's a... Grown ass man running, you know, four four forty out here. That's woof. I still think Rodney's got a chance to have a long career. I think Rodney Hill could. I like Rodney Hill. I, this year has not been what we thought it would be for Rodney, though. Well, the offensive line has not been quite as good. Yep. And he still is somebody that guys bounce off of. It's just not the same way that Trey. No, does. it's tough to replicate that. But there's one block that if he could hold it just a tad longer last week on the screen to Rodney. That's out the gate. We've had a couple of guys um, miss opportunities for massive plays when we didn't have our timing down on the screen. 
And we've had some guys just drop screens where you're like, well, well, that would have been a big play. Marquiston. Oh, twice. Marquiston's had some moments where you're like, come on now, Marquiston, I root for you. I thought you were going to have a huge season. You know, the crazy thing is, based upon camp, Marquiston was the better player between he and Kyle Morlock. He sure was. But at this point in the season, they were right. Oh, they were right. Well, the upside, Kyle Morlock's going to the league. Of course he is. Not this year, but he's going to the league. But they bet on upside. He had not proven yet that he could do the things that he's beginning to routinely do I think they knew they had him for two years, and they wanted to fast-track this. Let's get him ready to be dominant next year, Mm -hmm. and he has a chance to be really good. He does. His body's put together. He's getting more comfortable. He's catching more difficult passes down the field. He's becoming a better route runner. He can block. Getting better at the blocking. Yeah, Yeah, he's getting better at the blocking. He wasn't good at the start of the season, so he's there. By the way... I know we're not talking golf, but, you know, I bet on golf all the time, and I've kind of been longing for it. They're in Cabo San Lucas this week, folks. And my man, Camilo Vajegas, is out here at seven under tied for the lead. Again? What in the world? He, he quit golf. He was in the broadcast booth. Cam Young's tied with him. That means he's had a lot of two-foot putts. So, <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's not a... It's not a, it's not chock full of superstars this week at the Worldwide Technology Championships. Hey man, we got our revenge this week uh, against Florida. Could, could have used it at the National Championships last year, but we beat them in the East Lake Cup in the match play three to two. We did beat them in the we, East. Lake we Cup. lost to North Carolina in the in the final round, but that was a nice small measure of revenge. Hopefully, on the way to a big productive spring for the golf team. Which is they look good. I, they do look good. They look really good. Just because I know it, it always makes you laugh. This is your. This is the the, the elite group that's yep. in the. Bo Hostler's playing. He is, and he's playing well. Bo is wow. tied for third. Bo is tied for third. Go. Tom, good job. He's at six under today. Luke List, Matt Kuchar, Justin Suh, Stephen Yeager, Jason Hadley. <laughs> you know who graduated above this group right uh, last year? Who? Sepp Straka. He did. He's he, no he, longer he, part oh, of this. He's group. not part of that group anymore. He's up here. He's yeah. up here. You know who else is in that group? Uh, Brian Harmon. Brant Snedeker. Brian Harmon won a major. Well, uh, come on now. Brian Harmon ran away he's, with that he, he, major. He's more Tom Lehman than he is. Uh, well, that's yeah. fine, but come on. Brian Harmon is above that now. He's got multiple wins on tour, including a major, and he was dominant in the major. You, you, you got to leave Brian Harmon alone. No. I don't like him either, but Brian Harmon boat raced those people. What are you talking about? It was awesome. He hit the. It was, st- wait a minute. You, in retrospect, saying it was rude. awesome? His performance was uh, awesome. I'm not rooting for him. You've not, there wasn't a straighter performance over four days yeah. off the tee than Brian Harmon put together all year in golf. Yep. Yep. The Waggle <laughs> King. The Waggle King I don't of the love USA. him either. I don't love him either, and he's only good on certain courses, but he did run away with a major. You can't keep throwing him in there with the Kevin Tways of the world, Tom. He's my Sean McKeel. <laughs> I can hate on him. <laughs> You've got him in there with Ben Griffin. Ben Crane, thank you very much. Got him in there with uh, Bo Hostler and Steven Yeager. Director Ben is hosting the recruiting chat tonight at 7 Good job, Ben. We'll be watching. The pressure is on you. Don't suck now. (laughs) Good work out of you, Tom. Good work out of you, Director. Be well, everybody. Have a great night. That recruiting show's tonight. Should be fun. Go root on Ben and Michael. It'll be good times. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a Libations Friday. Peace. We'll be right back.